and welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, keeping it real for women in business. My name is Stacey Morgan. I'm the principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts and joining me is the managing director of Dragonfly Marketing and published author Jane Hilsden. Good morning, Jane. Hello, Stacey. How are you? I'm very well. We have a special guest on the line, so I guess we have to keep it very short and sharp for our favourite things this week. What's on your list? Oh my goodness, you've taken me completely. You hadn't thought about it, had you? (laughs) I hadn't thought about it at all, and I've got so many. No, I've got one in the um, in the wings. I have just I'm um, part way through. I don't think I've mentioned this one before. Have I talked about Good to Great by Jim Collins? No, but I'm also reading it. Good, good I love it. Oh my goodness, it is just such a fantastic book. It's an oldie but a goodie. Um, I might put a link in the show notes so that we don't talk about it too much, but essentially he's got five kind of overarching pillars that he identifies as um, uh, determinants of success for those businesses who are not just kind of good but have gone the extra mile and they are great. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a fantastic and a really eye-opening book. Are you finding the same? Yes, I put it off, um, put off reading it, even though I'd had recommendations for 10 years to read it because it's a hardcover book and you know how I feel about hardcover <laughs> books. But I bit the bullet and bought it and, and I'm absolutely loving it. And to, my favourite thing is also a book. Um, I read and finished um, Chillpreneur, the oh, Denise yes. Duffield Thomas book. Have you read it, Jane? No. It's, you would like it. It's yes. no nonsense. It's really just tell it like it is. Um, no fluff and it really steps through um, asking some tough questions about why you're not reaching the goals that you're reaching why you're not aiming for the things that you're aiming for and my my biggest takeaway was that she talks about money blocks and in her other books she talks about money blocks as well and my money block is you can either make money or you can do good and when I think about the businesses that I've run in the past all of my businesses centrally you know, work around we're empowering children or yes. we're like they are all about doing good. And so there's I've always had that money block in terms of I don't feel like I deserve to make money because this business is not about making money, it's about doing good. So yes. I'll be working on that um, wow. over the next little while because I'm also now reading um Get Rich Lucky Bitch, which is her first what well, not her first but the book that comes before Chilpreneur. So. Oh, yes. Louise Shuttleworth had dropped that into the Miss Bossy Boots podcast group and I was completely turned off by the title. I just didn't like that title at all. <laughs> um, and I also just thought it was contradictory because I, I was like, what do you mean? Telling people to get rich and, and you're a lucky bitch. Like that's, you're not lucky. You work hard. I don't get it. Anyway. <laughs> Alison, do you have a favourite thing? A favourite thing? I think it just has to be nature. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to hear more about this, Stace. And that is the perfect answer from Alison Garrison, our guest today. Ali is a wife and a mother of four and a grandmother of three. She's a teacher, a mentor, owner of multiple businesses and a speaker who's worked with over a hundred women or hundreds of women helping them to empower themselves into creating the life that they desire and were born to live. I mentioned Ali in our last episode and I knew that there would be, you know, some interest in terms of what Ali does. She draws her knowledge from um, her, she she draws her knowledge as an Ayurvedic practitioner and yoga teacher trainer. 
together with years of personal experience and moulds it into a realistic and easy um, to understand approach. Ali has been life-changing and I'm more than happy to say that life-changing for me over the last two years. She has been there beside me holding my hand, stepping me through um, my existence and helping me get towards a point where I can say that I am enough and know that mm. I am enough, which was something that I really struggled with, which I didn't know I struggled with until I met Ali. So Alison Garrison, welcome so much to the Miss Bossy Boots podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. It's an honour to be here. So I, I, don't, I don't even, I've got no words because <laughs> I, I talk to Ali, you know, quite often as, um, as somebody who sees her on, on the regular. And we started talking when we talked about coming on the podcast as a guest as to what, what it is that she does because she's helped me in mm. so many different ways and she, she has so many different um, elements that she draws on with which to, to help me. So, and one of them is nature, which is why I laughed when she said that was her favourite thing. Ali, can you start by telling us a story that illustrates what you do? Uh, yes, I suppose so, as best I can. Yeah. Um, basically, when I have someone present to me, I have a good talk to them on the phone first and I listen to what they're trying to say and what is deep inside them that they're not actually verbalising. Mm. They know that something is not right. They know there is an aspect of their life and themselves that they wish to change, but they're not sure how to. Society tells them that if they're a mother and a businesswoman, get used to it. You're meant to be busy. You're meant to be stressed. You're meant to be panicked. Sorry, you're not. You can have both. You can have more than both. You can absolutely flourish because when we're a mother, our children are looking to us to, you know, it's no good giving them words. It's mm. actions. It's in the self-belief that the mother has in themselves. So when someone presents to me, I listen. And then I know whether that person is really at that space that they want to change. Everybody might desire change, but not everybody is prepared to actually be responsible for their own changes. And that's where Ayurveda comes in because it looks to the individual to look at what they're doing in their own world. Everyday existence is where the power lies in changing your life. And so I listen and then I weave in and out of what their life is and then I find and create for them tangible tools that are realistic to their scenarios. You know, if it's dropping the kids off and being really stressed at trying to get the kids in the car, how can they make it fun for the kids to want to get in the car. You know, if there's stress between home and getting to work, what can I give them that will give them something else to work with with their breath and the way they're thinking? So by the time they get to work, they feel more relaxed. Mm. Pauses. So it depends on what the person is doing uh, and where they are in their life, whether they've got children, their ages, their careers, if they're stay-at-home mums. No difference to me. It all moulds into just listening to them. So it's, yeah, it's about that. And so I guess in seeing so many different women across a range of age groups and a range of scenarios, mm -hmm. what do you see as commonalities in each of the people that you see that kind yeah. of, where, where do you see the commonalities that kind of link together? They don't see that they're enough. Mm. 
they really do not believe that they've got it together or that they have the ability to get it together. And so whether my youngest I've worked with is 15, my eldest is 76, and everyone in between, exactly the same. Trying to be something that they're not sure what that is, yet it's all, as the old texts say, it's all inside, and that's not getting airy-fairy. But the difference is, is with, with the training I've got and with having a realistic life, like I've had the high-profile job that demanded 12-hour office days, you know, things like that, you know, the commuting, the whole lot. And then when I became a mum, I stepped back a little bit and then I've done multiple different jobs, each one bringing to me an ability to understand what women go through. And so when we are working with this aspect we're able to start to say, well, okay, I've lost who I am. Where am I? Who, who is this woman that is just drifting through life, just waiting for the kids to get a little bit older or the job to change or, you know, the holiday to come? And that's the one big thing. We've forgotten to celebrate life. Mm. We've all put our life on hold waiting till the weekend or, you know, till five o'clock. Or, and it's, we don't have to be like that. So, Ali, when you say, because you, you said that um, when people come to you, they start talking and they start um, kind of trying to explain what's not right with their life and um, you can read what they're actually saying but then you're also reading between the lines and you're saying one of the commonalities is that so many women don't believe they are enough and... Um, and for me, I would never come out and say those words, I don't believe I'm enough. So what are women saying? Like what are the words or the expressions that they're using when they're explaining that to you? Just to help maybe some listeners go, oh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's, that's what I, I say because I don't think a lot of people would be getting up and saying I'm not enough. No, great question because it, it's exactly right. I don't think I've ever had a woman come in out of the hundreds I've seen and the amount of retreats and so forth that I've ran where I've ever had a woman go, I'm really feeling that I'm not worthy. No. We won't because there's a part in the mind that switches that off. So what it is is it's things like thinking that they aren't able to cope, that they are yelling at the children too much, that they feel like they can't um, have a career and have a family, that they feel guilty but actually wanting to be a successful businesswoman or business owner and that they know that, they hear that all the time. Oh, wouldn't you rather be at home with the children? You know, it, these are the things that women come and they say to me or they start skipping meals or they start, you know, not sleeping. And all these things tell me that their anxiety levels are raising and these are multiple reasons of why. When women realise how incredibly empowered they can be, all of a sudden they gain clarity. Would you agree, Stacey? Yeah, I was just thinking about it in terms of, of what I brought to you, Ali, and that was that I, I started by saying, I just need some help to get through this period of my life until I've got you know, the house built and the business at a certain point until the kids are a bit older and then I'll be able to blah, 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 like whatever that was that I thought was where I was going to. But what you've helped me do is 
actually step back and go, no, it's not, we're not waiting for life to happen. Life is happening now. How are we going to cope in this particular, mm. you know, day to day in order to move forward? And the, the term I, you know, I, I am enough that I was seeing you for 18 months before that was even brought up. And when you mm. first mentioned it to me, I went, no, 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 no I'm fine. I'm yeah. very confident. Yeah. I know I'm enough. I'm, I, yeah. I tell, I said, I help other children know that they're enough. I empower young people. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and Ali was like, okay, yeah. And how about you? And the more that we unpacked it, the more I was like, oh my gosh, I had, I've been dancing around this mm. underlying issue of actually, I don't think I'm enough as a mum. I don't think I know what I'm doing as a business owner. I don't think I have the skills to be able to juggle all the things that I do. And I just pushed that down so far and tried to, you know, jazz hands and sparkly sequins across, you know, all aspects of my life to make sure that nobody figured that out. Yeah. And so unpacking that and coming to terms with actually, no, what I do have to contribute to this world is worthwhile and what I do, you know, the knowledge that I do have is, is helping in, in various different ways and therefore actually I am enough and reminding myself of that and putting myself in a headspace where that is a constant is what Ali's helped me do and I can't even tell you the difference. <laughs> I think it's that thing, isn't it? It's, it's no one wants to admit it, that they're vulnerable. Nobody wants to admit that inside they're actually a little bit frightened or a little bit unsure. And, you know, I'm drawing on my own experience as well, you know. It's about understanding that we will, and I think your analogy of dancing around it's really good because how I see it is you've got this, if you imagine this pond, this little tiny pond and it's beautiful and glistening and, you know, whatever, and we all dance around the edge of it mm. and we'll stick or we'll stick a hand in. Yeah, we're real, yeah, I feel really good in my life. Oh, yeah, and another toe. What I help you do is jump in. So you immerse in how amazing life can be because we are seeing this, this life become so fast that we're so disconnected in so many ways. Mm. All anybody wants in life is to be loved and to feel valued and feel that they, you know, are giving a sense of helping and so when that starts within yourself, and that's the big thing, you know, we're told as women, you know, it's, it's selfish to give to self first. And I think that's why your podcast is so incredibly empowering for women because it enables women to know, you know, it's normal to have these feelings. It's normal to have this fluctuation of I'm feeling great in my business, I'm feeling great in my career and my family and then have a little bit of a lower aspect to it or not so good aspect and so this is the reality of life so mm -hmm. if this is everyday existence let's give us some reasons as to why this is happening and within Ayurveda we understand balanced women balanced society and that is no disrespect to any male mm. and it's the it's the feminine epicenter of any home Okay, and so that ripple effect goes out. And when that ripple effect goes out, it becomes incredibly powerful, not only for the home life, but for the children when they're at school, for the business, for the employees of the business, 
because the principal, the person that's in the centre of that space is feeling very strong and very empowered but very full of compassion as well. Mm. You start to have clarity. So if people react to you, you can see it in a different light. Mm. Yeah, it's a thing that goes with people constantly that no one's going to go, you know what, I really don't feel like I'm worth much. Mm. Mm. Actions. So how so so you talk about taking women on this journey what does that look like in the how so in terms of like is this something that you talk people through do you you know do you get people to do certain kind of physical exercises in terms of you know breathing exercises or meditative exercises yoga exercise like you know put your feet on the grass as you've you've said this is it is it all of the above like what does that kind of treatment actually look like treatment i use treatment but you know what i mean yeah that's that's a that's a perfect word for it i want to ask throw the first part of this to stacy stacy what can you can you remember what the first thing i would have asked you to do it's not affirmations jane so you can calm down Just so you know. Um, Don't get me started on affirmations. That's another whole podcast. (laughs) I think um, the first thing you would have asked me to do is to um, put my feet on the ground when I wake up in the morning or something to do with my breath. It was about being in the moment. Yeah. And that's where it starts, Jane. And I'll just quickly say affirmations are one thing. It's your intention that's that's powerful. Mm. Far more, far more powerful. Mm. When we start, as I said, I look at the woman, I look at, I, if someone comes in and they're very, very, you know, there's a lot going on in their world, the last thing they need me to do is add something to it, okay? That's just going to make it even worse for them. So I usually start with a technique that I created called Stop, Feel, Engage, and that helps women to understand, hang on a minute, my mind is going crazy here and so the mind we understand within Ayurveda psychology that it's its element is air and ether it's move it's moving it's mobile so when you want to get to know anybody in your life you have to know their personality you have to understand what their likes and their dislikes are what makes them change what you know what's what's in their world And so within Ayurveda, we understand the elements of the mind and we understand the characteristics of the mind on a very, very deep level. So the first thing I'm going to do is start to help a woman to slow down that thought process, Mm. to start to be able to think in a way that's more uh, succinct and clear. And one of the big things that happens is all of a sudden they become incredibly time management Mm. efficient and they all of a sudden realise they're not chasing the tail anymore. Once I've helped them with that, which is usually with breath and with awareness of just stopping, feeling the breath, engaging with where they are, they are then able to start to work with the next step and then the next step. As I say, I don't change anybody. I walk beside them. Once somebody asks me to help them, I walk beside them and I'll guide them and I'll just gently have a word here and there, but they're doing the walk. 
So it, it may come into diet, it may come into lifestyle, it may come into counselling. Yeah. For me, it's, it's become that, that awareness has been so important. So I would find that I would, you know, be up in the morning and we're doing breakfast and we're doing lunches and we're, and where are your shoes and put your shoes on Patrick and get in the car and off we go and da, 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 da. And I'd get to the end of that and I'd feel incredibly guilty about the way that I would be hustling and bustling and, you know, cutting the kids story short in order to you know get done whatever we needed to get done and I would I would you know get to nine o'clock in the morning and have to start my work day but I'd be already feeling like oh I've done a poor job at that Mm. Ali made me be aware of being in the moment during those moments and by that she had me put my hand on my chest and take five deep breaths and whilst I in the beginning when she said that I was like I have time for that I have time (laughs) to breathe she just (laughs) said and she said, you're already breathing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not asking you I to do anything it. that you're not already doing. <laughs> Can you please just take five deep breaths? And I thought, well, that's a bunch of nonsense, but I'll give it a go. And life changing because in those yeah. five breaths, I had the time to be able to look around and go, okay. And I was much better settled to be able to just go to the door and pick up Patrick's shoes and put them on him and grab the backpack and to just be there rather than to be scrambling and that was so important for me yeah Ali I um I'm a big believer in breath as as well I do yin yoga down at the hollow and um again I would say that that introduction of breath into my life has been um significant in terms of and it's not just the breath it's the thought process as you're talking about behind the breath it's to stop Um, and engage with the moment and be present in the moment and to stop the craziness of your mind. And I know just even physiologically, when I stop and and breathe deeply, um, like I think, you know, obviously the the beginning of this year has been quite a stressful time. I noticed um, in my yin yoga classes recently, and I think we've had a brilliant instructor as well, which has helped, but, you know, yin is the practice of actually letting go um, and, and by using the breath and the physicality of the practice to actually let things go. And I notice myself in yin yoga um, in some poses where I'm breathing out, you know, inhaling and then breathing out the um, toxicity or whatever I'm letting go, tears will just be pouring out of my eyes. And I'm like, whoa where's that coming from? Like what, what was trapped in that little bit of my body Mm. and like just tears streaming down my face. I have, I have absolutely no idea what it is that I'm letting go, but my body does. And I think being um, kind of connected to that through the breath and trusting the process, like I don't, like I'm someone who likes to be in control of all my thoughts and doing and what I'm, you know, getting, but really? I'm not in. I'm really not in control. I know. I know. It's surprising. <laughs> um, but I'm not in control of this. I've surrendered to it. I'm not in control of this. But my body's just intuitively doing this for me. So I get it. And what I was also going to say was, I feel like I need to to um, practice some of this right now because at the moment we're going through a, a time of complete uncertainty with with all the you know coronavirus carry on which i'm sure will be you know lasting for months by the time this this episode airs maybe some of the worst will be over it will be over maybe it won't we don't know 
but in my job, in my role, I just I feel like I need to be stuck to my computer the whole time. Like I feel if I'm not working to get my business through this, that I'm slacking off. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to just um, keep, you know, the ideas coming and keep the, the process going because I'm like if I stop, everything will fall apart or I won't be prepared for what's going to happen. I'm trying to control the uncontrollable, I guess. So I feel like this practice might help me through that. So, Ali, in, in line with what Jane has just kind of put out there, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in her exact same situation and I'm feeling that. Like I was looking at my screen time results and it's like up 230% this week compared to last week. Like, and that's just crazy. What are some things along with being conscious of the breath that listeners at home can put into practice during this time and, you know, throughout their lives that will help us uh, navigate it? I think there's a couple of things we can really help, I believe, um, the listeners with this. I think both of you, what your statements have just been, are very validated. There's one thing that a lot of people don't understand, and as being a yoga teacher trainer, yes, you've got a great um, instructor. Is it still, I would presume, Ben at the Hollow? It's and Ben and another lady, Brooke. And Brooke, yeah, they're yeah. Lo- lovely people. Within yoga, we understand there's, there's, there's eight branches to yoga, okay, and yoga is not asana. It is not the postural. That's the third limb, okay. So within it, we have this practice of what we call yamas and niyamas. So they're things like ahimsa, non-harming, svadhyaya, self-inquiry. So all these beautiful things are happening within the practice of yoga, as well as, of course, the breath and everything else. There's, There's many, many more. I won't go into them now. But the one thing I discovered when I did the Ayurvedic training, and, and it's quite intense to, to do what I, you know, become an Ayurvedic practitioner, and I realised that missing link that most people in society have not realised, and that is that if we want true change, we need to work with the physical body, the mm. emotional body and the mental body and the spiritual body all at the same time. Now, I don't know if any of the listeners have ever realised, but the breath is the only thing that goes through all of those things. So it ties the complete you together. So when, in my world, I believe we were gifted eternal wisdom the moment we were born, when we were gifted a breath, we were told this is how to stay in that space. And as I said to Stacey, and I remember it as clear as day and many other clients since when I first started talking about the breath and that they're so busy. And I I do. We're breathing anyway. It's with us all the time, okay? No matter where you are, you're breathing. Mm. And if you want to understand the power of the breath, think about if someone comes up behind you and frightens you. Now, not only does the breath go, but the body tenses. The heart rate goes up. You know, the anxiety is there. It's, it's, that's how powerful it is when the breath is taken away. The moment someone breathes well, the opposite of all those things happen. So straight away we have this ability to bring calmness into the body. So in this current climate, 
it's even more important that we are stopping, pausing, breathing. Now, that doesn't mean you have to sit on a meditation cushion for half an hour a day. I believe, and I have always said it, and even while I was training to become a yoga teacher with four young children, I would do mini meditations that would last 10 or 15 seconds. They're mm. meditative states. So one of the classics is think about when you're driving, okay? Now, when you first learned to drive, it was a very conscious, very thought-filled process. Where do I put the keys? Where do I, how to, where do I click? We used to even look at, you know, where to put the seatbelt in. You know, we'd look at the gears. We'd do all those things. Then after a while, it becomes so natural that we can now just do it, you know, mm. and we're thinking in our mind is here. So say a scenario is you're driving either the children to, to school or you're driving to work and you're driving along and you're thinking about all the things in your day that you have to do. That is a classic example to give yourself a chance to breathe, to pause. So what you do is you stop feel engaged. First of all, you realise, you stop that your thoughts are over-processing and too busy. You feel the breath and where you're seated or standing. So you would feel it to the point where I'm sitting in the chair, I can feel the steering wheel in my hand, you know, I can feel the chair and the car around me. And then you start to describe everything to yourself as though in the passenger seat is a vision-impaired person. They cannot see, okay, but they can feel, they can hear, they can smell, but they cannot see. So I'm driving along. There's a red car in front of me. It has a black and white number plate. The number plate is XYZ123. I'm driving down Horton Street. I'm driving down Gordon Street. I'm turning right. The light's red. Whatever it is, it sounds so basic, but it is incredibly mm. profound at, may, at letting your mind stop. And once we start to teach the mind to slow down, we create a new neuron in the mind, a new pathway, which becomes more user, you know, it's user-friendly. But it takes practice. You have to want to do it. And I'm, I'm sure Stacey will start giggling here. I am fairly honest with people. I am very honest with people. I'll say if you want to change it, you're going to have to put some effort in. Yeah. If you wanted to increase your business sales and have a, you know, more success in your business, you would work 12, 14 hours a day. So now you need to think of it in this way. So it comes back to that stop, feel, engage, breathe, just allow yourself. Where am I? If you're standing in the checkout line, where am I? Start to talk to yourself about what's around you, not what you have to rush to do in 10 minutes. Straight away the nervous system will calm and you'll be able to feel more relaxed. Yeah, that Ali makes has sense. me stop feeling and engaging whenever I'm going through a doorway. So ah. when, I have, when I'm about to open a door and go through it, before I reach out for the door handle, I have to stop and I have to breathe. And then I can go through the doorway. When I, before I get out of the car, I unbuckle my seatbelt and the kids are in the back, all the noise, and I have to stop <laughs> and breathe and then I can get out. Because otherwise I'd stop the car and take the seatbelt off and we're grabbing the groceries and you get out and you get your school bag and, and all of that. And it's really eliminated all of that from my existence. Therefore I feel like I'm 
I feel like I'm a more engaged mum. I feel like I'm a more present mum. I feel less just like a crazy person. And I first started seeing Ali after Henry was born and I suddenly had three kids and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Mm. I'm yelling, like I'm cranky all the time and mm. it's not me. Mm. And so just that awareness and also when I'm eating, Ali's made me very aware of not just eating for the sake of eating while I'm watching something or doing something but actually sitting looking at my food, taking it in, eating it slowly, just the things I'm already doing, but just being more conscious of those. And I find that that trickles off into the rest of my existence and that I am then more conscious when I'm doing other things. She's also yeah. got, got me out in nature, putting my feet in the grass, which would, goes against everything in my being. But in fact, it has been, it is what I look forward to the most. So part of my morning routine, Ali has me, um, go outside and put my hands. Well, she, she didn't say put your hands out. I just put my hands out because I'm dramatic. But I put my <laughs> hands out and I look up to the sky and I take a deep breath. And it's just one of the best parts of my day. And mm. who would have who thought? Yeah. Before I was just getting out of bed and, you know, getting to it and off yeah. we go, da, 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 da. But now yes. before I see the kids or see Heath or any of the things, I'm, you know, feet outside, feeling the air. In winter, it's cold and that's kind of invigorating. In summer, it's like, you know, that beautiful morning summer air where you're just like, this is the best. Yes. And then I'm, I'm ready to go for my day. Yeah. It helps, it helps with the circadian rhythm. Circadian. Mm. Like it's funny because as having, you know, the practices I have in my life, they're over 5,000 years old and they're as relevant today as they were then. You know, these guys so got it together. And we understand how important circadian rhythm is. And in society, like we're now, we can stay up late. We can be on devices 24-7. You know, we've lost that natural go wait with the sun go slow down as the, as the sun goes down. And so Stacey's practice, and I was just there before, as I said to you ladies, you know, going outside and looking at the, you know, the beautiful sunrise and everything that's going on. And so what happens is it allows you to ground yourself. The coolness of the dew on the grass on your bare feet, we have points on the bottom of the feet that actually relate to eyesight and digestion. And when we have that coolness, it counteracts all those hours on the computer. Wow, that's fascinating. So there's so, like, honestly, there is so much science that is so incredibly relevant that it, these type of things can be so simple yet so profound as Stacy found to just really make you feel grounded for the day but also it gives you a reference point. Stacey, do you notice that sometimes if your days are really, really busy that you can sort of call back on that feeling earlier in the morning of standing on the grass and feeling grounded? Yeah, 100%. Um, or even... Even I can, I will now be con, like I'll be conscious of actually stopping what I'm doing and finding some outside, even if it's not grass, but just to go, you know, actually what would I, what would make me be able to work better or think better or get some clarity in this moment is to go outside. Where, mm. where before I would have just been like, no, I've got to push through. I can't possibly get up from the computer. I've got to get this done. Mm. But now I'm like, no, I'm like craving it. Like I want, I need that air. Don't laugh at me, Ali. I know. It's just, it's I'm like, I'm oh so gosh. glad. I'm so glad that was recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm craving nature. I love it. 
Oh, your cousin's going to love this episode, <laughs> Stacey. She's yeah, going to love it. Right. You read my mind, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. And, yes, look, I now all I want to do, because, of course, this is at like 6 o'clock, well, it's now 7 o'clock in the morning, now all I want to do is get my bare feet outside on my grass, get the dew on the points that counteract all my computer activity, like it sounds. And, and as you say, like, I, I know what you mean, Stace, where you go, oh, you know, I just need to push on that five minutes mm-hmm. could be, you know, the... the the uh, the difference between getting it done and and at the end of the day it's not you know that five minutes that it would take to actually just get yourself outside and mm-hmm. take a few deep breaths disrupt the busyness of your mind and and uh, you know allow yourself to to refocus even just you know when it's um when the sun's up a little bit just that little dose of vitamin d i imagine would mm-hmm. just be great you know hitting the skin it's um yeah, it is it really makes me just want to go outside. Maybe we should do the next podcast recording outside, Stace. <laughs> I, I heard birds chirping from somebody's window earlier. Oh, that's mine. Sorry, that's I've mine. got the window open. Yeah. Oh, and yours too. <laughs> so I thought, oh, yes, a wilderness episode. A wilderness <laughs> can I, episode. Can I come? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll give you a scenario, Jane, that might help too. If you imagine you're on a train, and the train's going at sort of 50 k's an hour, you know, and this is you at work, your mind's starting to work, you know, you're there and it's going really well and all this stuff's coming. But the important thing is to be able to see the scenery, you know, to have the clarity of things you want to do, okay? So if you imagine that train all of a sudden, that train's now going at 120 k's an hour, it's really hard to see the scenery, it's hard to get the clarity and that's what's happened to the mind. The mind just starts to go faster and faster and faster and faster. And that's where it'll go, I've got to push on, I've got to push on, I've got to keep going. But you'll actually be less efficient. You'll actually be tighter at the end of the day. You'll actually not get the true work that you want to get done. It'll be more of a throw it on there. And then when you reread it, you'll go, I need to change that. So if you can stop and just look out the, out the window, even if you can't get up, just look out the window and breathe one or two breaths. Come back to it. You've got a whole new way of thinking. The mind has slowed back down again. Yeah. This is where it can really have profound effects on your efficiency. Yeah. And, and look, I, I completely get that. Even I, I found myself yesterday because so many meetings and things are cancelled. So I've, I've, I've opened this Pandora's box of all the stuff that I haven't been able to get to for like three years and all this stuff is like, and I'm going, yay, because now I've got the chance to do it. But it just keeps landing. And every time I start down one rabbit hole, more and more stuff comes on. You know, my website's a perfect example. I realise I need to update one page. Then it's like, oh, my gosh, I need to update this and this and this and this and this. And then I get myself into such a panic, you know, I'm like, there's not, like I can't, and I'm so I start this and then I start that and then I finish and I'm like, Jane, just one job at a time, just one job at a time. And I feel like even though I'm sitting there for like eight hours of constant work or more, um, I feel like I'm not getting anything done. You know, I feel like I'm just in this hamster wheel situation where I'm, I'm not actually achieving anything and then I feel... Like, and this is me thinking, this is me recognising I'm feeling I'm not enough, I feel I get to the end of the day and go, I didn't do 
the best job I could there. You know, I, I should have been doing more. Was there something I missed? Was there, you know, this didn't work as well as I thought it was going? Do you know what I mean? And I, I feel completely dissatisfied by the end of the day. I don't mm. feel like I've had a, a great day. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the thing is, it's, it's, that's the beauty of understanding. I'm not enough has many guises. Like it, it can be, you know, in all different types of feelings. But if you really go to the core of it, that's what it is, you yeah. know, I'm not. But it's really interesting, you know, because I, I see Pandora's box as a cleansing. You know, Pandora's box is you open it up and everything comes out. And what it actually happens is you end up uh, reprioritizing what matters. And you can really use it to your advantage that if you look at it, if you sit back, like if, if you imagine opening the box and a whole heap of butterflies come out, if they're all around you, you can't witness them. If you step back, you'll see, you'll see all of the colours and you'll know which ones you want, you know, which ones are this and that. So there's, if you can come back a little bit, that current situation can be quite profound. Another thing that Stacey will laugh at this, one of the ways that I help a woman realise that they're jumping from one to the other is I talk about what we all do is housework, you know, whether it be washing up at the kitchen sink, putting a load of washing on, sweeping the floor. And I ask people, I say, do you start washing up and get halfway through it and go and sweep the floor? Yep. Yeah, and I go, right, here's a classic example of how to bring you back into focus. The next time you realise you get to get up from half washing up to go and sweep the floor, I want you to see if you can stop yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, and stay and wash up until it's finished, okay? And when you start to realise how often you half do things then you and how you'll do this and then go this and then do this, it enables you to come back and start to be more efficient. They're little steps, but wow, do they make profound changes. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And putting the washing on the line is another thing that <coughs> Ali taught me. She's like, where are you? Like, where are you in your mind when you're doing that? And I'm like, oh, I'm a million different places. I'm, you know, the dog needs to go to the vet and the kids have got to be picked up at three instead of <laughs> yeah. four and all, all the places. And it's like, how about you take a breath and you actually just put something on the line and you be in the moment putting something on the line because that kind of mindfulness works for me, not sitting down and doing a colouring in. Like yeah. I can't do the colouring in mindfulness, but I can do that. Okay, I'm putting this peg on. I'm picking up another piece of washing. I'm putting that peg on. Actually, everything is okay. I don't need to hurry. I don't need to rush. Yeah, everything. great idea. Great idea. It's own time. I think the one thing to remember too, and we haven't really touched on it within Ayurveda, is we understand the individual nature. Now, Ayurveda sees the three main doshas, Vata, Pitta, Kapha, and understands that each of us are a combination of these. And each of these have a certain uh, element to it, a characteristic. So for one person, that mindfulness colouring in will be exactly what they need. For someone else, it would drive them insane. Me, what, 100%. Me. <laughs> Yes, that's right. And so when we can understand why something doesn't work for us, it can be so much easier. You know, there are certain, because I work with so many different types of women, there are certain things, there is no way I would suggest that to one particular woman, but yet it is absolutely perfect for another. 
it's not one size fits all and that's what you have to understand in life you know we do our lives differently because we're different people and that is okay mm. you know yeah that is okay Ali, you talk about the ripple effect in your work. Can you explain to the listeners that concept and how that kind of is infused in what you do? Yeah, sure. I believe that we, the most, the only person we have the right to work on to help grow and to nurture is ourselves. And so when we work at being the best we can possibly be, when we allow ourselves to truly come from a place of authentic living, And to me, I believe success is living authentically. When you're living your life completely from who you are and you are bringing you to the table every day of whatever it is you're doing, then no one can ask any more of you. But more importantly, at the end of the day, you can look in the mirror and you can smile and think, I know I did the best I could. Yeah. And so when you're doing that, it starts a ripple because if you're starting to say, you know what, it's okay. And Stacey, when you started doing flamingo time, you <laughs> all of a sudden, did the listeners know what flamingo time is? Yes, yeah, yeah. But started with Ali, everybody, just so that, you know. <laughs> so when you started flamingo time, Stacey all of a sudden said, I'm worthy of having some time that nurtures me as a person. And so then I bet... Stacey went and had coffee with someone or whatever and said, oh, look, I've started doing this. Or perhaps there's listeners out there that are inspired by what Stacey did. You give someone else permission. Mm. Therefore, the ripple starts. Yes. Ripple starts. And then all of a sudden we're rippling out. And in class the other night, I was explaining to everybody about within this current climate, we have to remain true to who we are. Don't be changed by these situations. Stay, you know, in that place of compassion. Stay in that place of, you know, self-inquiry and then your actions will ripple out and then they help the rest of the community and the rest of the globe. So the ripple is you create a ripple and what you do and what you think matters. There's a very old saying, I leads to illness, we leads to wellness. Mm. So when we work in a society where we understand we have a ripple in that society, Mm. we can have profound, positive, compassionate and loving changes in our world. Mm. Yeah, that is very powerful. We. There's been a lot of talk about community and looking out for each other and everybody making decisions that will benefit all of us. Um, And I really, that really hit home for me, Ali. Thank you. are there any good books and podcasts and resources? And I know people are going to be listening to you, Ali, and going, okay, I want more. Where, yes. where, do, I, where do I go to from here? What can you recommend that will help, um, help everybody kind of broaden their understanding? There's a, lot of, there's, there's a lot out there. Whether, and this isn't, I don't mean to sound um, egotistical, but it's the authenticness of it. You have to be careful. You have to be discerning yes. at what you look at. Yeah. Uh, because I, I'm watching Ayurveda have a surge and a change like I watched yoga. Like we used to be, you know, strange people if you did yoga. It's like, oh, you're one of them. You do yoga. And 
now it is so incredibly um, accepted as such a great thing. And Ayurveda is having the same thing. It's, it's we're seeing this surge, but within the surge of everybody becoming aware of it, it also can get watered down. Watered down. So I can't think off the top of my head any of the podcasts. Books, book-wise, you're wanting to read anything that's by the original, not the original doctors, but uh, there's Dr. Vasant Lal is someone who is, is very good with, with um, Ayurveda and also um, David Frawley. But that's more Ayurveda. It's more uh, looking at the deep depth of, of what's going on there. As for the kind of work that I do, I can't actually think of any books. Um, Interesting. That's why Ali's starting her own podcast. Ah. Morgan Media coming to you in the middle of the year. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, well s- there we go. There's a resource. You're sneaky. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, when of course we'll let our Miss Bossy Boots listeners know when that is up and up and uh, people can access it. But you have online courses that people can access as well, Ali. Mm, I do You're free to I, promote. Yeah. Oh, thank mm. you. Uh, out of the need of seeing a constant thread uh, within the women that I was working with, and I do work with men and I do work with children, but I predominantly work with women. I could see how I could tailor something for people that would enable them to do it at their own time. Not everybody has the ability to come to a consultation and the internet is such an amazing tool when we use it correctly. So Zoom became my friend and I started to have a virtual clinic so I can see women internationally and, and even sometimes the women are in Port Macquarie, you know, and they just can't make it to the appointment. Uh, and then I created a online course, which is called Project 47. And that comes, the name came from an aspect of you are your greatest project you will ever undertake. Now, I'm a mother of four and many people will think, isn't it your children? But remember the ripple effect, okay? If you come back to the ripple effect, what I do matters most. So if I've got my children and got my grandchildren, my beautiful partner, my husband, what I do matters, it affects them. So therefore, I am my greatest project. And 47 is about absolute transformation, okay? So when we're working with Project 47, it is a program where the ladies come in, they're with me for 12 months. I've got some of the ladies that have been with me longer than 12 months. They were with my previous program. No one's ever asked to leave. You're welcome to stay as long as you need to. And the course allows them to go through all of the processes we've been talking about, plus much, much more, teaching them everything from how to understand the heart-mind connection. What is that? How do I get clarity in my world? Remember, the heart space is the true you and the mind is there to be used. So if you look at the heart space as, as the student, The mind is the instrument, okay? So the student learns how to, you learn how to work the mind to your advantage and to allow you to truly become successful in your life. For many people, the instrument's playing the student. The mind's out of control. It's got them in this, you know, aspect of not understanding what they're doing or being feeling really stressed and full of anxiety. 
So project takes them through step by step and then it helps them with understanding toxicity in the body from an Ayurvedic perspective. So they can learn how to do gentle uh, changes in their diet and lifestyle and takes them through understanding circadian rhythms, why it's so important not to be on your devices at 10 o'clock at night. I'm about educating people. I don't tell people to do anything. I think if you educate someone, then they make a conscious choice, they're going to stay with it. It then goes through into helping people with deeper aspects of uh, understanding how to have breath, meditation, and basically be able to transform their lives. And it's been lovely because it is it has got international women in it and it has had women from all walks of life, all ages, and also women who have been through major trauma, mm. post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, to your average person who just, you know, wants to in, empower themselves in their life. Uh, so, yeah, I feel very honoured to work with such amazing women. We get together every week. Uh, and do a Zoom and everybody can ask any questions that they want. And it has been a beautiful journey for me as a person and I feel very honoured to be in it. And we feel very honoured to have had you as a guest on Miss Bossy Boots today. Ali Garrison, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to be here and thank you to the listeners. We would love you to reach out if there's anything that you really that you connected with you today when you were listening or anything that you went, oh, that's a light bulb, please let us know. You can contact us on our Miss Bossy Boots Facebook page, Facebook Miss group, Boss- sorry. Miss, that's Miss Bossy Boots Facebook group or you can hang out at our Miss Bossy Boots Facebook page. We've got both. We'd love to, to hear from you. I'll, um, I'll put some of these notes in the show notes um, and I can probably even include those on the, the post that we do out via the, the Facebook page and, and group as well so that you've got access to some of those resources and links to uh, more details about Ali's course. Thank you so much for joining us today on Miss Bossy Boots and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 